When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the CHGO Bears podcast as we are officially two weeks away from training camp starting. I am in a training camp vibe today, sitting outside in a beautiful backdrop, just imagining being on the grass with Greg Braggs and Nicholas Moriano and the mansion Adam Hogue when he returns from his mansion vacation uh interesting show today obviously the news uh, of the week of the day is northwestern parting with their longtime head coach pat fitzgerald 17 years decorated player uh decorated bears fan let's all of it um and obviously it ending in ways that nobody foresee coming uh cory wooden will be with us in about 15 minutes so we'll wait to get into uh, our fitz discussion until then gentlemen how are you doing excellent doing well yeah doing well <laughs> all right so, is it yeah it's it's a, it's a weird day right i mean twitter was you know, it was, you know, every, this conversation is an emotional one. I mean, even at the studio yesterday after our show, um, you know, emotions run high when you start to talk about the different dynamics of what happened within the Northwestern locker room and everybody's going to have different opinions. You're always going to have opinions on both sides of the fence. And, um, you know, I, I think all the conversation is healthy. You know, it, it, it may not be necessarily Bears football. Obviously, this is a school within Chicago's, um, you know, area. And so it's impossible to not talk about, it, especially with your guys' connections to the program and obviously Corey's. So I'm interested to hear his thoughts. Ooh. But just overall, like, you know, I think these conversations are healthy to have. Well, there, there's no sides of the fence on hazing. Let's just be clear that uh, everybody is on the, the side that hazing is absolutely positively 1,000% wrong. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into it with Woot. Nick, uh, I mean, you're probably actually our most decorated football player on the show. Um, did you, just out of curiosity, before we, you know, talk about just Northwestern and, and, and Fitz, did you experience it in your time on the playing field? Not really. Um, I mean, I played all four years at Waukegan High School, but there wasn't much of that. I, I You had your cliques in the locker room. You, you had people that would hang out with people, but none of that really went on, whether it was in the weight room, on the football field, in the locker room. Yeah, it wasn't even part of our culture. And again, Waukegan football wasn't the greatest when I was playing, but it just, it, and it just wasn't a part of our, our program when I was there. And I'm grateful for that because what um, – 
you know, Northwestern went through and I'm sure a lot of other schools are going through. Obviously, like you said, at the top mark, like hazing, there's no there's no two sides. It's like it's not it's not shouldn't be happening. But, yeah, I was fortunate not to experience any of that. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, a lot of people talking yesterday and I heard one comment from Howard Griffith, who I was on the score yesterday. And he, he's like, he's like, look, it, I've been on teams that have had hazing in both college and in the pros. All right. He's like, those teams, they didn't win football games. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was a team that was distracted about doing things that they shouldn't have been doing, um, you know, versus focusing on coming out and, and winning a, on Saturday and or Sunday. So, um, you know, we, we, I, I know, I know people that, uh, I'm sure people that who are watching our show or listening to our show who have played football, um, you know, have 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 some have perhaps have experienced it and know how horrifying it could be uh so anyway all right bears news today the bears putting out a victor uh video really a great piece uh they did a deep work on this it's a great documentary on jervon dexter if you haven't checked it out yet and uh of course the bears need jervon dexter to be great and i am rooting for jervon dexter to be great but i say all that to say this i love football players whose initial dream was to be in the NBA. And I learned that from watching Jervon Dexter's uh, piece that the bears put out today. The dude thought he was going to be LeBron James. He was huge. He wanted to be a basketball player. And they finally looked at him and said, dude, you can't jump bear, You know, like, like a big man needs to jump to play in the league. You're not as skilled as you think you are to play in the league, but if you're in the dirt, <laughs> yeah, get, you do have the size that if you really worked at it in the athletic ability that you might be able to get there in the NFL. And, and so that was, that was a cool story. I didn't, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't know about his dad either passing away uh, tragically uh, from a heart issue when he was still in high school. I also didn't know that he was a father maybe. So, so there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, I think with, for Javon, I mean, just seeing the athleticism that he shows on the football field, you see where he kind of gets some of that being on the basketball cart court initially, but also like his maturity level, like we were just getting to know Javon Dexter, but like you said, Mark, he is a father and, the way he kind of presents himself in press conferences, that he does have this business-like approach, even though he's a rookie. He seems a little bit older than that, but I think you see his upbringing, how he kind of went about things, seeing that football was going to be his future. And we, we heard from his defensive line coach at Florida about that mentality to want to know what he did right or wrong, right, um, what, an hour after a game had finished. We heard that firsthand at the CHO Bears podcast, but – that's who Jervon Dexter is, a detailed guy that's always constantly looking to get better. And, you know, hopefully we see all that play out uh, at a very important position that the Bears need him to be successful at on this defense. Uh, can I just quickly interrupt? Um, Carm said that he didn't know that Jervon Dexter Sr. was a father. No, no I didn't I, say senior. I said Jervon Dexter. Senior. His name is Jervon Dexter Sr., Whatever, whatever law you attention to detail. It's true. Dunk, dunk, I mean, good, dunk on, good, good dunk on Carm. Good dunk on I mean, I'm sorry like, at the draft yeah, night video. His, like his dad's name was kid. Gerald. Yeah, I forgot about it. Yeah, I yeah, forgot that's about fair. it. That's fair. Okay. Well, that's why you're the producer. You e, now e, keep e, us e, in line. E-Carm, E-Carm, Lawrence. Um, no, I, I think overall, and, you know, I don't think it needs to be like, overstated because as we've learned with what's going on with Northwestern you, you, even as good as any person is you never truly know someone behind closed doors but at the same time 
you see how much the Chicago Bears, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus are valuing character and work ethic. You know, obviously the Travis Bell story has been has been talked about a lot and and all these different guys doesn't mean they're going to have a perfect locker room and every single person's a choir boy. Um, but at the same time, they're looking for maturity and in these players, you know, we talked a lot about uh, the defensive tackle from Georgia, uh, Jalen Carter, whether or not the bears should draft him. And they chose to, to, to move on to different things and, and bring in guys that they think, are you know have high character high maturity not to say these other guys can't develop that they're all kids at the end of the day and have growing up to do i still have growing up to do i'm 37 so uh but it just shows how much they value those kind of um intangibles in these guys it's interesting that you bring that up because i had the same thought wow this guy is going to fit perfectly in the bears locker room this is a quote-unquote hits principal guy we to greg to uh, Braggs's point again we sung loud and proud how great the bears locker room was last year on a three-win team uh, you know nick and i were in there a ton um so i did think about that and then i also had like the worried calm thought that did they pick this guy because he's such a great guy that he's gonna fit right in there and maybe overlook that he you know is not uh going to be as uh, productive in the NFL. I mean, we're asking him to make a huge leap. We've, we've talked at length about how slow he was to get off the football. He certainly has the size to do it. And he was, he was coached differently at Florida than he's going to be coached now, but it is a huge question mark, right? Can, can he actually make an impact on the NFL level? Yeah, well, no doubt about it. You got to see it. It definitely seems like he can. I mean, the one thing that they said, right, is what is one of the things Matt Eberflus wants in a, interior defensive lineman is length because he talks about being able to keep their guy you know you can't teach arm length and he can keep his guys off of them and then and then you know penetrate through the pocket so uh you know he has that so the part you can't teach is there now you're going to teach the rest okay nick you are you like Braggs that has minimal skepticism that he can be successful in the nfl level um, I, I need to, I just need to see it, I guess, Mark, Thanks. because he is playing a different position or asked to do something differently in a different position, but I think it does cater more to what his skill set is. Um, and so I think that when we do see him in pads against Nate Davis and Tevin Jenkins on the inside, you know, I do want to see those, those flash type of plays. And I think as a second round draft pick, you should be seeing some of those types of plays in, in training camp, even though it's his rookie season, but He's being asked to, to play a very important position, Mark. There's a lot of pressure uh, on Javon Dexter. And also, let's throw in Zach Pickens as well to really solidify the interior of that defensive line with Justin Jones. But for me, like I, I when they drafted Javon Dexter, very skeptical of the pick in itself. But now coming to know him, see his game a little bit more and see how it's going to translate with what the Bears are asking him to do, I feel better about him now than what I did on, on draft night. But still... I want to see it all come to come to fruition and play out on the field. I, I you, think you talk about Zach Pickens, and I think he wins the award for least talked about rookie from this draft class for yeah. the Bears. You know, I know we're talking about Dexter here, but I just every time somebody brings up Zach Pickens, I'm like, I don't know if anybody has really talked about this guy. I think he's the guy I'm most excited to see at camp because it's the person I've heard the least the, the least about. Say again who that is. Zach for Pickens. those of us. Oh yeah. Okay. That's what I thought you're talking about. Sorry. I was 
in my head about uh, Jervon and where and how quickly he can get there. Yeah, no, it. listen, that's a legit competition, right? Between the two of them, you would think it would be a healthy thing. He's put Jervon's pushing Zach. Zach's pushing Jervon. Justin Jones is in there being a solid vet leader. He, he's talked about that. Like, hey, look, when I came in, people lifted me up. I'm going to do the same for these guys. Uh, I mean, Demarcus Walker's making a bunch of noise too here. Like, like his expectations are maybe we're not talking about him enough coming in with seven sacks. I mean, he's the most productive guy getting to the quarterback last year that they have on the roster. So, but I, and I, I'm just saying, with with any rookie, even if he was the number three overall pick, you 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 still want to see it, and and Jervon's got the didn't get off the ball quickly part that throws you in there that that this thrown in there that makes you a little bit extra nervous. At least makes me extra nervous. Right, and I see Nomad in the chat. They just um, Lawrence had just pulled up the comment where he said one on one he won't be stopped. Double double teams barely could, and obviously we all hope he shoots out the gate and and shows that dominance, you know, but at the same time, I think we all need to be careful with expectations and, and, and putting unrealistic expectations on these guys. Uh, that's not to say you can't get excited or get hyped about these dudes have at it, but at the same time, until they get some defensive ends in here or the ones that are in here can show they have market improvement to help that interior pass rush. And you also have to give these guys time to develop. It takes time. Mm-hmm for interior defensive linemen to get their wherewithal in the NFL. Uh, I don't care what round you're drafted in, you know, it's going to take time for these guys to find their groove. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, I respect nomads uh, football acumen. He's a good dude, had conversations with him. So I'm excited that he's excited, but I always want to be careful how far we go with expectations when it comes to that. Breaking news: Braggs has had conversations with yeah, Nomad. Yeah, gone on his show, Mark. He's you know he's a good dude. Nomad at night, you gotta hop well, on sometime, talk some why, ball why, with him. Why can't I, why can't Nomad reach out to the Carm for a visit on the like Nomad you. show? We Not don't clear. like you. That's why it's messed up, Nomad. <laughs> I don't believe that to be true, but that's uh, that's fine. Yeah, well, maybe it is. Who, you, 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 you never know. I don't uh, like you. I know that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that's Max, one of us buddy you're my favorite outside of nick and adam and lawrence and some other people all right hey go back to school and earn a respected degree at lewis university it's 35 miles southwest of chicago in romeoville it's ranked as one of the u.s news and world reports top tier colleges lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening online blended formats to help you balance work family and education and watching the chicago bears a lot going on in your life we know this uh Listen, the faculty bring real-world experience and instruction to the classroom immediately relevant to your career, criminal justice, public safety, data science, computer science, cybersecurity, business analytics, finance, MBAs, project management. All of it is there for you at LUU. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu forward slash you can do this. LewisU dot edu forward slash you can do this yeah everyone's got to go check out lewis university but you also got to check out foco you can get fitted out in the best sports gear around hoodies shoes signs bobbleheads literally everything in between and it's summertime it's baseball season aloha shirts straw hats polos bags everything you need to be right for a game 
And if you watch our show and when we're in studio, you know that the set decorations, Foco has actually donated a few awesome pieces for our sets. So you got to go show them some love. And you could do that by going to foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non presale items. Use that promo code CHGO for 10% off. I saw in our video yesterday, I think you guys, someone commented, Hey, I just got a, something from Foco. Listen to the show. I think like his parents actually referred him to it. So, Hey, love that you're getting that that word of mouth out to people, and you're going to Foco to get all your your gear here. So appreciate it, Braggs. You wanted to touch on the the Bleacher Nation piece, which uh, underlines some more Dexter stuff. So I want to give a shout out to those guys who do great work. And yeah, uh, my guy friends, Louis, yeah, Louis friends of the show, baby, friend of the show, good friend of mine. Um, he put out a really nice article that I was reading at the late hours of last night that just kind of you know, illuminated the point of the Roquan Smith trade. And, you know, Jeremy Fowler pulled NFL executives, coaches, and scouts on their order of the league's top off-ball linebackers, and Roquan came in at two. And on that service, you'd then be like, well, why did we get rid of this guy? Well, number three was Tremaine Edmonds. And so for that same price, instead of just having Roquan Smith, you now have Tremaine Edmonds, Edmonds and TJ Edwards along with that by making that trade. And like I said, uh, you got to check out Lou Medina's piece in Bleacher Nation Bears as he, he goes into some detail about it. But essentially by making that trade, he, he makes the point that the Bears then have that alleyway to get the number one pick. Have they if they don't make that trade, there's a there's a likelihood they don't have the number one pick. And now they are able to trade back and flip that into Darnell Wright. And, and another number one pick, and DJ Moore, and now set your franchise up for, you know, you know uh, the future. And you have all these different pieces as opposed to just having Roquan Smith and maybe obviously your other first-round pick if you weren't able to trade back. So, you know, when you talk about a cornerstone moment for Ryan Poles, we all try to pick and choose which one that was, whether it was to get the number one pick or to make the trade or whatever – trading Roquan Smith when he did. And while some fans still get upset about the value, well, the other point of that in, as it pertains to Jervon Dexter is the second round pick that everyone's upset about because it wasn't, it, it could have been a, it was the 32nd pick. It was essentially a first round pick in some fans eyes, even though it has a second round value. Well, that second round pick b- became Jervon Dexter. So you have Jervon Dexter, Darnell Wright, DJ Moore, future first round pick. You know, there's a lot of different things in that one move. Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, Noah Sewell is also a part of this whole package that came together for the trade of Roquan Smith. So, you know, you can you can respect Roquan's game, but you can't deny the impact this trade made for the Chicago Bears in their future. Well, sometimes it's it's better to be lucky than good. And I'm not saying that Ryan didn't have a ton of strategy too, but originally the bears wanted to sign Roquan Pulse said that numerous times, right? That, that he wanted to bring him back. He, he loves the player and the person on record said it. And Roquan played it how he played it. And the bears were not willing to give him the money that he wanted. And they traded him. But I don't think they traded him with the idea that they were going to get the number one overall pick. It yeah, but you worked. can agree had they not 
there's a very yes. good likelihood that they yes. don't get the number one pick. Yes, of course. But I, uh, I, I completely agree. But I'm just saying so you, that. So you, so you call it luck, but at the same time, you're making your own luck there. I mean, yes, it requires some luck, but you're putting yourself in the position to get that luck. My, my, my point is that I don't think he made the trade at the time in some vacuum of trying to get the number one overall pick and put, put himself in position. I think he was just, he's like, I'm not signing this guy. I'm not going to pay him. What's the best deal that I can possibly get. That's how I think he looked at it at the time. No more, nor less. I mean, Nick agree, disagree. Yeah. Well, here's, here's what I'll say about like this whole Roquan Smith and still people being, I guess, caught up on it at this point. Kudos to, to Ryan Poles for finding value in a defense that was historically bad and trading Roquan Smith when he did to me- to get all the assets that he did that, that Greg was just mentioning. Because at that point, the Bears had played two, four, six, eight games, Dallas being his last one, and then you make the trade and you get everything in return that you know ended up being the trade for Roquan Smith. So I think just a fit-wise, Tremaine Edmonds will be a better fit here. But look, Roquan Smith's still a very good player. And he's going to be a very good player with the Baltimore Ravens. But looking, I mean, how it all played out, I think both teams end up winning here. That's the, that, hey, we, we will take that. Let's go Tremaine. Let's go TJ. Let's go San God. Use this as motivation. Uh, I mean, again, Ryan Poles, what's your approval rating? About 100% right now. A lot higher than uh, what's going on over at Northwestern. Let's just say that as uh, Corey Wooten's about to join us here in a moment. There he is. What's up, up? up, fellas? What's up, Woot? Good to see you. Uh, Good to see you guys, too. All right. So let's let's segue over to, uh, you know, the news of the week, news of the day. How did you ever remotely in your wildest dreams ever see uh, what ended up happening with Pat Fitzgerald being the way that he would leave Northwestern? And we, I think we all thought he'd be there for life. Woot. Yeah. I, th- I thought he'd be a lifer there. Um, you know, what he's done for the program, how he turned things around the direction they were going. Um, I know the past two years have been a little tough, you know, record wise, but um, yeah, it's, it's a really tough situation. Um, and, you know, I think, a lot of people are feeling different ways about everything that's going on. Um, you know, so, I mean, when I was there, I, I had a good experience, you know, I, and I can't discredit anybody else. People that have come out to say this, that, and the other, because my experience was different than theirs. I feel like for the most part, we had a, a, a good locker room. I feel like the guys generally liked each other. Uh, we vibed together. Um, yeah. My, my closest friends uh, to this day are, are guys from Northwestern. So yeah, I, f- I feel like the locker room w- w- was a good locker room. And, and I've, I've, I've heard reports from other teams, um, guys that went different places, and they were saying how, you know, guys were were at each other every day and, and all this stuff. And I didn't feel like it was like that at Northwestern at all. So it's it's definitely unfortunate to see. But at the same time, I mean, like I said, everybody's experience is different. So I can't discredit somebody for what they're saying. Um, I just know when I was there that the, – the I think things were a little different than the reports they're saying right now. So I, I don't want to put you in an awkward position, Woot, but I mean, we're just in an awkward position around this conversation. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, you know, the one guy that's put his name on the record was Ramon Diaz jr. Who mm-hmm. playing when you were there, did you know Ramon? Yeah. Yeah. So me and Ramon came in the same year. He's from, uh, from Joliet or Morris rather. So yeah. Uh, yeah, he's from Morris, Illinois. Uh, we came in the same year. 
uh, Ramon was a good dude. I mean, I, I had no issues with him at all. Um, you know, I know, um, you know, he, he battled through some injuries his time there. I know he was a pretty, pretty highly uh, touted recruit out of, out of high school. Him and uh, Chris Jeske, I don't know if you remember him. They, they would go against each other. Jeske went to Joliet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I definitely, I definitely knew guys would, would, uh, you know, joke around with them a bunch, but like I'm on the defensive side. It's, it's very separate, right? Like when you're, when you're on defense, you, you kind of just stick with the defense, you stick with the D line, you stick with the linebackers and the offense is very separate. So you don't really know exactly what's going on. So, um, you know, I know, I know some guys on the team, people joke around with, like, I, I don't know the extent of joking and whatnot, but I know, um, you guys would joke around with him. I, I don't know exactly about what, but I know he was somebody that people joked around with. He, 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 uh, he, he called, he called it uh, a hostile environment for a non-white player and Woot, you are a non-white player. So yeah. your, your experience obviously was different than, than what, than yeah. what he had. Yeah. His, his experience was definitely different. I mean, in, in that, in that uh, O-line group, I mean, it was him and the guy Des uh, Des Taylor. That we're the only minorities on on the offensive line, so their experience very well could be different than mine, where the defensive line and linebackers majority black. So it's it it, it is it is a different experience for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I just think from my experience the last twenty years in construction, I know what locker room culture and and tough guy talk and and joking around is. We make jokes on a job site that would not be, you know, admissible at the CHGO studios. It's yep. just a different culture. Now there's minorities that work around us. There's guys that are doing different things with drywall and there's yep. jokes made at mm-hmm. them. And some people take the jokes fine and move on and keep working, take their check at the end of the week. And yep. maybe some of them go home and say, you know, screw that guy for saying that. Exactly. So I, I think part of the moral of this story in a lot of ways is the recipient of the joke. Sometimes there's some people you can joke with and there's others that are going to take it differently. And you have to respect that me and Mark, we all here joke around, but we don't do that same joking with other people at CHGO. So it's, it's about being respectful to different people and, and their and trying to respect their perspective. I guess my question to you, when it comes to what happened here with Northwestern Mm -hmm. Corey is, you know, we're hearing the different talks about hazing, Mm-hmm. And in the in the different rituals, so to speak, where did you ever experience, you know, the car washing that they're talking about or the Shrek mass or the running that we're reading about or other players are, are bringing up? No, I, I feel like that wasn't a thing when I when I played, you know, I, I think it was just different. Um, I can't speak to what what has happened since I left, honestly, because, you know, the first couple of years when I was in the league, um, you know, I'd go back and, you know, you talk to the players but you're not as involved as, as you think you would. You know, when you leave Northwest, you're like, oh, I'm going to be there all the time. and I'm going to be working out and all this there. And I'm going to be at the at the school and I'm going to be. But you're really not, honestly. You know, you, you, you talk to the, the coaches maybe once, twice a year. You talk to some of the players, uh, a guy that I, I really got close with, Afadi Adedabo. Um, I would talk with him a bunch when I was in the league, helping him with stuff. But you're not there as much. You don't really understand exactly what goes on. Um but guys I've talked to, you know, they they, they said great things um, about fits, the locker room, et cetera. But everybody's experience is different. You know, I think, you know, when you have 99 guys on the team, 
there's going to be some guys that had a great time, great experience. There's going to be some guys that were like, oh, it was good. It was bad. It was in between. And some guys that really hated things. So I think everybody's experience are different. But, you know, you can't discredit somebody for what they what they said. Right. Because their story is different than mine. So I, I, I don't want to I don't. I think some people are like, well, they're saying this and this and this, but like, we, we really don't know how their experience was. So, you know, I think, I think you have to respect somebody's opinion and in their experience. And, um, you know, obviously the, the facts will continue to come out and, and I guess we'll see how everything unfolds. Right. Cause you're seeing a lot of former players come to his defense and I get it. Their experience with him, you know, mm-hmm. is an honest, they're probably being exactly. honest. This guy was a good guy. He made me into the man I am today. And, and I can respect that. But at the same time, like you're saying, there's other people that had a different respect perspective. Now, if these things did happen, you're saying you didn't mm-hmm. see them. So, you know, I, you know, I'm not asking you to speak out of turn, but if these things did happen, I find it hard to believe that Pat Fitzgerald wouldn't have known it was going on as in his locker room. How hard would it be for a head coach to not know things like that are going on, whether it be at college or the NFL level. I think it's tough sometimes, especially when you have 99 guys, it's it's different than like basketball where you got 15 guys in your team. It's a little easier to keep tabs on things, but in this day and age, right? Like if you're a CEO of a company, he's essentially the CEO of Northwestern football. So if this did happen on his watch, right. I, I, I guess he he is technically responsible whether he knew or not in this day and age, right? It just it is what it is, right? And it, and it's unfortunate if some people had to experience that. I know it's still a- accusations, so I guess they'll they'll get to the bottom of it eventually. But yeah, it's just it, it's just such a weird time, right? Because it feels like it's it's such a, it, it feels like surreal about everything that that has happened, right? Like never never did I think this would happen, like with Fitzgerald being fired um, and then all these reports coming out, it's, it definitely feels weird. It does feel if it's, it was a weird feeling. I, the, uh, I, I, it's just interesting to listen to you uh, talk about it. Woot. I, um, you know, admittedly, uh, or not admit, listen, I've been a Northwestern fan since I was 10 years old. First, first, college football game I ever went to cats went up three, nothing on Ohio state. I was fired up. They lost the game 52 to three, but when they were up three zip on the Buckeyes, man, I was, I, you know, it was, it was awesome. So I've, I've all, and I, you know, I grew up 20 minutes from at the time Dyke stadium, now Ryan fields. And it was, you know, tickets were available and they weren't super expensive. And my dad was like, my dad's whole thing with Northwestern was the cats do it the right way. They're, they're not cheating there. There's integrity at Northwestern, all of them. And that's so I, so I always, you know, I, I've been, I've been a fan that I think honestly, like the whole thing is just like, I was up at three in the morning last night. It was just so, so unsettling everything that went down. Um, So, but you know, one of the things that's upsetting me today is like, you're the ad you're the president don't get jump on a zoom call and talk to these guys for 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 10 minutes or even five minutes and jump off and don't take questions that is that is beyond embarrassing how is that yeah. even, like if you're you're a player that that i i can't even believe that that's how it's being handled yeah i i just feel like the situation was handled poorly um you know the the minute the minute they got a hint of something like this they should have came out and made a statement I just, I just really think so. Get, get ahead of it, and you know, just say there's a zero tolerance policy for hazing, and, and we don't accept this. This is accusation at this point. Um, 
you know, if, if, if anybody is accused of this or we find they're, they're guilty of doing this, they'll be suspended or kicked off the team. And we have a zero. Po- they should have nipped it in the butt from day one. Yeah. And that, this that's is handled the, poorly. Yep. Uh, on all, on all sides. Like I, if, if I, if I could rewind time and I'm Pat Fitzgerald and they open up this investigation, I, I if I was him, I would have gotten up there and said, look, I am incredibly proud of the work that I've done here. I have my entire goal was to create uh, great young men to go out into the world. And we've got a zillion examples of guys who have both gone on to the NFL or gone into any walk of life and have been successful. However, it is clearly possible that I may have some blind spots and could have been a lot better. Yeah. And, yeah. and I hope I am, I, I welcome this investigation and the opportunity for me to grow from it. So whatever is, whatever is uncovered and whatever, whatever is decided, uh, I'm going to support this because my job is to, you know, take care of these young men. That's what I signed up for do. And so investigate, yeah. and, but they, they just didn't do any of it uh, on yeah. any side. And so it, it just, and then, yeah. you know, it's, it's obviously a different world too now with the, uh, with social media and that, that storm started coming at him. And, you know, we spoke briefly yesterday, I'm, uh, you know, you were, you were, you were of the opinion that he wasn't going to survive and, and he, and he didn't. I, I told, I told you that I said, yeah. I said, I think, I think regardless if it, if it's true or not, like just that being out there, that, that's enough nowadays to, to terminate somebody. So I, I, I kind of saw that coming. I saw the writing on the wall with all this being released and then former players coming forward, uh, alleging this. Uh, so I, I, I kind of saw it there. I, I was talking to a bunch of guys that I went to at Northwest and I, th- I said, I think, I think he's probably going to get fired, honestly. You know, yeah. Corey, you, you were there. I mean, right when Pat just had started as a head coach, 31 there. years I old. Mean, yeah. Yep. I mean, young, young guy getting this, this, this job here. I mean, what, just from your time, what do you recall from from Coach Fitzgerald? Just in the time you're in Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like, uh, so when I first got there, I got recruited by Randy Walker. So my my freshman year, Randy Walker was there. Fortunately, he passed away that summer, going into my sophomore year, and that's when, um, you know, I think they were going to give the job originally to Jerry Brown, the defensive back coach, and Jerry Brown was like, no. We want Pat Fitzgerald in here. He bleeds purple. He's young. He's he's ready. Uh, we want him to be the head coach. So then they end up going with Fitz. And, um, you know, just his energy was contagious, right? He's like one of those young coaches that you want to run through a brick wall for. And I think everybody gravitated to that. And I thought he br- brought the best out of you. Like whether it was, in, you know, in a practice where I'm not chasing the ball downfield, he'd run after me, you know, to, to cover the ball down the field, um, you know, running to the football, all that. Um, I think I think it was awesome, especially being a defensive player playing for a defensive minded coach like him. Um, I think he's a, he's a really good guy, a really good person, a family man. Um, yeah, it's just it's just really unfortunate, um, you know. Um, yeah, I, I guess like I said, we'll see how everything unfolds. But yeah, I, I have I have nothing but uh, favorable experiences with him, and um, you know what he was able to do for our defense and 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 as a head coach, I, I feel like he really did. Um, push me and, and get the best out of me. And I'll never forget. So going into, so I finished my red shirt sophomore year, right? I only had one sack that season um, coming off my, my year before that, where I was like freshman, all American, and all that. And he, in off season meeting, he ripped me a new one. He's like, you're an embarrassment, like one sack. Like that's, you know, I, I had that, you know, my worst. He has a lot, like you're, you're terrible. Like, you know, it's an embarrassment at this point. You go from freshman all American to, you know, first team all no show this year, you know, and he's ripping me a new one. 
And I just remember like I put everything he said on there on on a uh, on a piece of paper. I typed it out and I put it above my my bed every day. And I'm just like looking at it. I'm just you know, every every time for a workout, look at it, look at it. So I really feel like he was trying to get the best out of me. Like this is how I push his buttons. And then the next year, that's when I went first team all Big Ten, had double digit sacks was projected as a, as a uh, first round pick. And I really feel like that took me to the next level was the fact that he ripped me. And I feel like he knew how to get the best out of people. And that really got the best out of me and allowed me to ascend my career where it needed to be. Man, it's the NFL, baby. Uh, it's an, and killed Brett Favre. Damn it. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I apparently, uh, Ronette has got a, a super chat for us that, uh, there it is, five dollars. Shout out to my still favorite Woot Woot handling this very well. Yeah, there- try, trying to. It's 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 such it's such a weird like. There's an asterisk now, you know, behind mm-hmm. Northwestern football. Um, and it's something like I've always been super proud of, um, like to see where the program was when I started and and where it's become. And it's just it's just a weird feeling, you know. And, and like I said, like things will unfold within due time right i think i think the the true story will, will come out um eventually right so i know some people have been you know this way or that way and i'm, I'm just like this i had a great experience with, with fitz um i i had a good experience with the locker room but my experience isn't like everyone else's so that's i can't discredit anybody you know for people people are, are mad that certain people said things but our experiences were different like yeah I guess my final tough question to you, Corey, and then yeah. hopefully the next time we talk bears, we can just move on to the, the non-tough conversations. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you go back and you said you didn't experience racism, you know, in your locker room and I'm, and I'm glad you didn't, obviously, you know, when I go back to talking about the culture, the job site mm-hmm. or culture in the locker mm-hmm. room, I guess that's what I want to ask you, because I think one thing we've lost in our way in society, especially in the last like eight years in this political divisive Mm -hmm. time that we live in is about coexisting. You know, I don't think you think racism doesn't exist. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are people that have race racist tendencies, right? Like guys Mm -hmm. I work with will make jokes. Maybe there's a borderline racist joke. Nobody takes it as racism because we're joking or they're joking Mm -hmm. or somebody in a locker room makes a racist joke, but they're joking. They're not racist. They're just being edgy. Then there are people that are just overtly racist. What is that like being in the locker room? You guys are all fighting for a common goal to win Mm -hmm. football games, to come together as a team, but understanding that you all come from very different backgrounds, very different political views and everything else that comes into play with that. Because in my opinion, I think the football locker room or a job site like I've been on is something that society needs to learn from in understanding that not everyone is going to see eye to eye. Nobody is perfect. And we have to learn to move past our differences for our common goal. Yeah. I I thought that was the great thing about a football team. You got guys coming from the South guys coming from up North Cali, Midwest, wherever you want to like black, white, you know, Hispanic, there was, there was all different type of guys in the locker room. Right. And, and you're all working towards the same goal. You know, so it, it's crazy to see some people that you would have never expected to be friends with certain people, you know, when by the time they graduated, they're best friends. So, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, my, my experience defensively, like like I said, defense was very separate from offense. Like we didn't deal with the offense except when we practice against them. 
So like my my experience and like everyone I've talked to defensively has had very favorable experiences in the locker room. Um, yeah, I it it it's unfortunate, you know, that um that, that things have come out and, and people have had different experiences from mine. But I, I never want to discredit anybody for what they've experienced. So I know I know some people have gotten mad or or felt a certain way. Oh, this person came out. Um yeah, I, 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 I can't fault anybody for anything, right? Because at the end of the day, you live your own truth. And if there's something that someone hasn't dealt with or they they, they feel that they need to, to, to let something out. So, um, yeah, I, I feel no ill will towards anybody that, that said anything because that's their experience. Well, I appreciate, you know, uh, yeah. you addressing this today and, and being as candid as you are. This well, uncomfortable conversations aren't fun, but I think they're necessary and healthy. So I just, you know, I appreciate you giving a clear yeah. vision to everything. Yeah, no problem. Well, and, and Woot, you know, one thing that I've always just, and I, I, I can't speak to this. I'm a privileged white guy who grew up in the suburbs. You know, doors are open to me left and right. Uh, I always wondered, though, from, you know, what it's like you're, you're an African-American guy on campus. You wear, you put that uniform on, you're on the field. They love you. Uh, yep. And Northwest, Northwestern is, you know, you're in Evanston. It's a little bit different than, say, being yep. at, at Iowa or Indiana. You take that uniform off, you, you're your college player back in the day. You, you, don't have, you don't necessarily have any money. Any money and yep. now you're walking around, and it's totally different. You're almost like a yep. target. It, it, it's, it's like – around you know uh, on a campus that might be two percent black i mean i just look like that life has got to be very 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 tricky to to live yeah it's definitely it's definitely different um you know i think i think the good part about it like the guys that i gravitate towards and still are my best friends um to this day i mean i feel like since day one we hit it off and it was just like that that brotherhood between between them and i like it was it was unbelievable i still talk to them every day so um yeah, I, I like I said, I have nothing but great experiences. And listen, does does racism go on on campuses on everything? Like a, any university is like that, you know. I, anybody that says nothing racist has ever happened at any university is a, is a liar, you know. So there's things that happen. Um, my experience has been very favorable. Like a lot of my teammates have been very favorable. So you, you just can't speak for other people, you know. And and um, yeah, sometimes people had a different experience and they, they, they need to talk about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate with when things come out and, and stuff just keeps snowballing and, and then everything. But like I said, in due time, all the facts will come out and we'll, and we'll see what really transpired. Um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, like I said, our locker room for the most part, I, I felt like was, was a good locker room. And I feel like the guys really, really bonded with each other. Well, and the other aspect of it, you know, I, you know, obviously Pat Fitzgerald is being held accountable and there'll probably be more people that get held accountable in this. These guys are young men. They're yeah. not, they're not little babies, but they are yeah. kids. When I was yep. 18, if there was social media, like it is today, I don't know if I'd have a job here for some of the yeah. things I said and did. I've played both sides of the fence. I have been the bully and I have been bullied. So I understand both sides of the equation when it comes to, you know, interaction with people. I've said a lot of things in my life. I regret, I look back on and cringe at, and you learn from those and you grow up. And I, I, you know, coming from a job site where people will say whatever to you and then to come to CHGO where everyone shows each other respect. It's like night and day for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful now to be able to work with a team where there's this level of professionalism because it's not fun to always have to play the, the tough guy routine when you're, when you have emotions, I'm a highly emotional person. So, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and the emotions can get high if things are said wrong. So I just think the other aspect of it is you don't define people by their worst moment or the worst thing they've ever said, mm-hmm. you know, give people an opportunity to learn and grow up. You always have to yeah. be held accountable, of course. Yep. And I think they did the right thing ultimately, but you know, I think people are allowed to redeem themselves from the mistakes they make. Exactly. And I think the thing is like when guys go to college, you're, you're 18 years old to 22, 23, right at 18, everybody was doing some bonehead stuff. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, I just think like there's, there's a lot of growing up and maturing you do through your college process. And, and what do they say? Like the, the brain is not fully developed, I think to 26 or 28 years old, something like that. So I, I think, I think when you, when you, when you go to college and, and, you know, you grow up and you, and you learn a lot of things. You learn a lot about yourself. That's why I feel like college is a very good experience. And if like, and if you could swing it, whether you're an athlete or not, I think you should go to college. I feel like it, it teaches you things. It teaches you about yourself. It teaches you about all walks of life. And um, yeah, I feel like it was, it was a really good experience. Uh, my experience at Northwestern. So. Um, and, and if you're in a toxic environment, I think now with the transfer portal being a little easier for players and NIL where they're able to yeah. make money off their name, I think that gives players a little more leverage to make decisions for themselves and not be handcuffed to the hierarchy of the, the university. If, the, if you're within a toxic you know, university or program, you have an opportunity yeah. to leave and go somewhere else as well. Yeah, it, it, it's a different culture because I, I grew up in Jersey, North Jersey, and uh, I remember my coaches uh, calling me every name in a book when I was in high school and 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 some things that if it happened nowadays like I, I think it would right. be a, a different mm-hmm. error so it, it's it's a lot different error and, and we just have to keep that in mind and realize that not everybody's perfect in every regards and 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 some things uh, across the country whether it's Northwestern or another team things will pop up and, and not everybody's perfect Wooch soup as you uh let you go here and again super appreciate the time um and maybe it's even too early to ask this question, but I'll, I'll throw it out there anyway. Incredibly challenging uh, situation to step into. And uh, right now, uh, you know, cats are going to have their uh, brand new defensive coordinator be the acting head coach. But do you have any name that's popped in your head that like who, who uh, could possibly step into this scene and, and try to get things going back in the right direction? The, the only one I thought of, but I was like, it, it might be too close to, I don't know, Mike Kafka. That's that's one one mind that came in. Like you throw him the bank. He's a he's a local Chicago kid. Um, you know, he's he's a rising star in the NFL. But honestly, like, why would you take that job <laughs> with, with everything that's going on? You know what I mean? Like, um, with, with, what, it, with which all job the would which job would get him closer to an NFL head coaching job? I guess would be the question there. Well, well I think that- where he's at right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Being, being the offensive coordinator and if they have another good year with Daniel Jones and he helps develop him like he's going to be he's, he's going to be in consideration this next year. So and he doesn't have to recruit <laughs> transfer so, portal. That's that's also, you know, an issue it, with college exactly. coaching like, now. Like, like, think about it. Right. Think about um, if you're a, head, a uh, NFL head coach. Right. These are grown men. Right. They are the masters of their own destiny. Right. If, if something happens to them under your watch, that's on them. You know, when, you, when you're a college coach, if something happens on your watch, you're responsible for that, right? Because you're, mm-hmm. even though they're adults, they're still considered kids. So I don't know why anybody would not want an NFL coaching job. You don't have to worry about recruiting, right? 
you, you get paid more, right? I know college maybe it's easier to stay in the same spot for a while, but at the same time, like, yeah, I, I feel I feel like an NFL would be a better gig as a head coach, in my opinion. Less you got to worry about. You would literally need somebody who had the same mindset that fits as far as like the destination job. I ain't going to Michigan's calling. Yeah. Don't care. Notre Dame's calling. Yeah. Get out of here. And USC, yeah. f off. Like you know, there was always but, intro, you know. But yeah, uh, I said Mike got, Kafka, but I think it's too close to the program since he played under Fitz. So maybe they yeah. wouldn't they mm-hmm. wouldn't want that. But yeah. I think a, sh- a Chicago kid, St. Rita, you know, um, rising star, get the offense. I think people would want to play for him. Um, you know, what he's been able to do, you know, Patrick, he was working with Patrick Mahomes. Daniel Jones had a turnaround season. So it's a great name. A good name, yeah. Re- really, really good name. Woot, you're the best. The best of the best, my friend. We're, we, we, Thank we, you guys, man. Blessed, blessed to have you, Dave. So you better, yeah, watch it you better watch it when you see me at camp, man. Wait, what are those? <laughs> Bro, those look like 12-inch biceps, <laughs> right? Oh, we all ain't got the pythons like you, Woot. Hey, no, hey, just, hey, Wood, what should people be doing when they come out east with their golfing? Yo, you got to come to West End Golf Club, 118 Jackson Ave, Rutherford, New Jersey. If you're coming from Manhattan, you take the 190, you get off at Union Ave in, in Rutherford. It's about 250, right? It's the best deal in town. You come drop some bomb, you bring your own, you can order some nice pizza, uh, you have a slice, you know, while you drop some bombs. All right, we'll see you at Cog Hill in a month, too. Yeah, I can't wait to see Brags this swing. Oh, oh my gosh. Yo, yo, yo. I better start practicing. Oh, same is, yeah. same here. We're, we're, not, we're not letting you play. Um, uh, and, and, and there's Woot's West End Golf Club. Woot, we uh, we'll, we'll see you at, at Cog on the 25th, but I'm assuming that you'll be yes, back sir. in Jersey and you'll be meeting me at the U.S. Open either the 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st. One of those days. Come on. One oh, time. I might have to come out there and check out Carm. Carm. Don't have too many drinks or whatever you call them. What do you call them? <laughs> couple, you, cu- couple of cockies at the U.S. Open is a great day. Come on, baby. They do the uh, they, they do the the honey deuce is their is their drink over there. The honey deuce. They're about twenty two hey, bucks hey, a honey. Hey, hey Car, man, the man. Can you just can you just call it a nice nice drink? An old fashioned. How about how about this? It's, it's a delicious deuce. Delicious honey oh, deuce. Okay. Oh, Even delicious. worse, man. It delicious. sounds like you're thinking of number two, bro. Come on. Let's talk. Name, Stop name, talking. Name of, the, name of the Drake. Name of the Drake, baby. All right. All right, fellas. See you, See you, Corey. All right. Uh, God. Uh, we cannot thank Wood enough. I hope everybody enjoyed that combo. And obviously everybody knows it's a very challenging spot for, for Wood to be in. And I, I thought he did a phenomenal job. And um, shout out to the chat too, man. You guys kept it respectful mm-hmm. and we appreciate that. Understand, you know, emotions are high in this conversation. So shout out to the chat as well. All right. Um, absolutely. And shout out to Shady Rays. Take out the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather that is continuing Although I thought I was about to get rained on out here at, at Carm Central, uh, which, 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 which <laughs> thank God great. that didn't, that, that would have been horrible. Uh, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company with a world-class product. They've got the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by the lost and broken replacements. You lose it, you break it, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Shady Rays with the absolutely best in exchange as well you don't like it 
You can return it within 30 days. They will give you your money back. No risk when you shop. Shady Rays has your back. Exclusive for you, the CHGO listener. Shady Rays has the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that code CHGO for 50% off on two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 50, 250,000 people. And uh, Rob Schwartz is in the chat asking, CHGO golf outing for diehards coming soon? Yes, indeed, Rob, there is. And it's not just for diehards. Obviously, diehards, if you become a diehard, you have a discount. Uh, I don't know if Lawrence wants to pull it up, but we are going to Cog Hill in a month. The CHGO kickoff classic Friday, August 25th, starting at 9 a.m. at the the famous Cog Hill Golf Course. Pins and Aces going to be providing those awesome shirts you see on the left. Uh, so we're really excited for this outing. There's going to be a lot of people including the chgo crew out there Corey wooten will be on hand so if you become a diehard uh you can get a discount on this event we have tailgates coming up for cub socks here in a couple weeks uh for the one at one at comiskey one uh at wrigley in august a lot of tailgates obviously coming up for chgo bears you get discounts on all those live events if you become a diehard uh adam hogue when he gets returns from his vacation, he's going to start putting out his newsletter that's available exclusively to diehards. And as you go through training camp and Adam's given the you know inside scoop, you're going to want to get in on his newsletter and all the different things that we offer. I mean, uh, the merchandise going off the off the chain right now uh, for CHGO with the Connor Bedard uh, designs that have just come out for CHGO Blackhawks. You get discounts on those shirts. There's just so much to offer if you become a diehard here with CHGO Sports. And uh, we'll be doing happy hours throughout the season where we go on a Zoom call and everyone comes in and it's a private Zoom meeting where you can hang out with all of us here, Hogue, sometimes Corey is, as well, and the other CHGO team. So like I said, there's just so much to offer from becoming a diehard. It essentially pays for itself as soon as you buy it. So uh, I'm a diehard, Rob's a diehard, become a diehard, and get on board with us, CHGO Sports. All right. It is actually starting to rain here, so I just uh, we're, I'm gonna, we are going to wrap this fine program up today. Thanks again to Woot. I will say this, uh, $5 from Tyler Robert. Carm, you stud, I see that gel in your hair. Hope you enjoy it. We have to shave that beautiful mane at the end of the season. <laughs> Tyler, hey, man, Justin throws for 4,000 yards. This thing is coming off, and I will uh, not be happy about it, but I will do it because I, I pledged it to uh, to you, Tyler, and everybody else who uh, enjoys our, our content. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to the CHGO softball team led by their incredible manager, me. Uh, now, <laughs> now, no thanks now, to Nick and his broken finger. No, you know, you as as we do on the CHGO softball team, you bury your dead. Uh, Nick right now is dead to us because he's, he's not wow. available. Wow. And, and won't and even we, let him be in the championship photo. He sacrificed his body I, for this team. I, I didn't say he couldn't be in the photo. You just but... said bury your dead. <laughs> he, well, he, in, in the case of, of Nick, he can rise back up. Uh, and we expect him to do that uh, oh, yeah. be- before the championship game, assuming. All right, I need to I need to jump in here about the the softball. Oh, really? Yeah. So we posted this video last <laughs> night. Okay. Great. Oh God, that's loud. Hold on. We don't want that noise. Hold on. Let's watch this again. Yeah. Okay. 
Let's just watch along here. The bat falls out of your hand. You just look back. You just... <laughs> the superstar. <laughs> For you? What's that about? So um, that, you know, I, I... Eh, I'll look. I don't care. I'll, I'll let that, that nice, nice young lady pick it up. Yeah. Here, well, somebody here comes... will get it. Somebody will get it for me because they're rolling the red I'm carpet the out for I'm the manager. They care about me. You know, it, it's funny. Even Poppy, you... even Poppy turned back. Yes, and was even like, Poppy hey, man, wanted to get it. You're gonna get this bat? Yeah. Carp's so, like, don't worry about the bat. So, so Poppy is like literally staring at the at the window, like wondering when the show is over. And now I think. Like she can't hear her name, but somehow knows that you're talking about her. First of all, uh, the, you know, many bad jobs there. Number one, uh, zip your backpack. So that was a bad job. I had to take out of my backpack everything that I'm using right now, this microphone, my computer, all sorts of stuff. And I put all the softball stuff in there because I had too much to carry because a great manager does bring many softballs to the game so we can have take mm-hmm. take batting practice and get ready as well as the scorecard and everything else. So uh, that was seems a bad like you to have multiple backpacks, one for softball things, one for like work related. Items. correct correct you're absolutely right law i should i should have a separate bag for softball correct <laughs> excellent point and um you know i you, you know need? a mitt and a bat it's not like he's bringing the bases stop stop talking um so so, so uh it's physically impossible for me yeah and and, and so look uh you know head of content kevin was was filming so i think i got a little bit excited just wanted to you know i was it was his first game out there so i wanted to run right up to him and uh, our fine second baseman uh, the great Audrey uh, was was right there, and I knew that it was taken care of as far as picking up the bat. Uh, there was a lot going on there with Poppy, and, and uh, it is slightly embarrassing that video on, on on many levels. Thank you very much, but you know it's it's funny. Law, laws coming over the top of me. Ground ball to second. It's a short yesterday. I played literally one inning of shortstop because our third baseman like he. Uh, tweaked his ankle i i ground ball right to me i run i i grab it uh herbs at second but i just thought it would be better for me to run over there and try to throw it to first so i ran to second stepped on the back jumped over and, and threw it was having some fun and then kadek hot dog I just, just, he's calling me as a hot dog. You're saying that I'm, 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 I'm going to playing hero ball over here. I'm, I'm acting like a prima donna walking in. I mean, this is the level of support I get over here. I, I mean, I'll just say this. The only reason I brought it up is because you said it's starting to rain. And I want to see it start pouring on you. <laughs> oh, when it rains, oh. it pours. Hey, five and one. We got first place reader uh, next week. Six and oh, we're coming for you reader as we, and everybody that's still hanging out here, hit the like button. I forgot to Please. threaten all of you yeah. yesterday. If we don't get over 200 likes minimum on this show, Hogue is never returning. Oh, my gosh. I, I forgot to threaten this yesterday. Yeah. Get over 200 likes before today is over. Final warning until tomorrow, and then I'll give you another threat. Uh, by no the training way, camp it, practice coverage. It, get it, no training camp if – you That's guys it. don't hit the like button. I will cancel all of training camp. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. He uh, has the power. It's bragged. I do. Shout, shout out to the power of uh, the CHGO listener. Uh, literally getting a, a text right now from uh, or a, a direct message from my guy Simba. Hey, Carm. Uh, I've got 48 laptop backpacks. I think I could sell you one for a deal. Simba. Hey. And we might have to talk because uh, yeah. I do need one more piece of <laughs> luggage. All right. Good show today, guys. Thanks again to Woot. That's 100. Thanks, Woot. And uh, thanks yeah, hit for... the like for Woot. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. yeah. It's good, man. Fantastic.
appreciate everybody being involved in the conversation. So uh, we're back tomorrow talking bears. Um, Zach Pearson from the bear report will be joining us. So there we go. Make sure you join us. Nick's got the day off tomorrow, but he's back on Thursday and of course, Friday with will. So, uh, and then, uh, Hogalicious, the mansion will be back next week, midweek. So, you know, for those of you doing the countdown, uh, for when Evan gets back, uh, as we all are, uh, or there it is for you. And then I'm taking some time off. So, You won't miss me, I know. All right, thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.